drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Breedland. Wherever beer is brewed, all is well. Wherever beer is drunk, life is good. That from... It's a Czech proverb. Is it still Czechoslovakia? I, I don't know, actually. Uh, one of the former Baltic states. There's too much. There's too much uh, disruption over there. I think it's all the, the time. Czech Republic now, so I don't think they're they're no longer a Slovakia. They are a republic. Okay. Which I don't know what the difference between a Slovakia and a republic is. All I know is that republic is more of a Latin word than a Slovakia. Well, that'll be more, that'll be in a shorty. We can analyze the differences. Perhaps Slovakia is Czech for republic, for Baltic Republic. Then why would they go from a Slovakia to a republic? To be more English friendly, when the wall fell and they brought, uh, okay. they brought down the USSR, we're like, "Hey, we need to change. We need new marketing. We're going to we go need, ahead and go with Western terms. We need a new PR department. We need to go. <laughs> we need to be the new Coke of countries. So we won't really change the name. We'll just yeah, go ahead and convert it for everyone that didn't know that's what it was. Right, exactly. That's all they really cared about was putting in putting more lipstick or new lipstick, a new hot a new shade of hot pink lipstick on that pig on the existing pig on that uh, Baltic pig. Yeah, sure. And there's nothing wrong with pigs because pigs produce. Beautiful, delicious bacon. They do. So uh, let me be the first person, Dustin, to welcome you to National Model Railroad Month. <laughs> that is the month of November, on November 2nd. Isn't every, like, every month has some kind of national something month associated with it? There is. And, and then it, I feel like almost every day is starting to get that way, too. Oh, definitely. Because we are not only a National Model Railroad Month, but we are also celebrating Plan Your Epitaph Day. Oh, okay. Of course. Uh, which just happens to fall on the same day as All Souls Day on November 2nd. Unless it's a Sunday, in which case it will take place on November 3rd. But oh. today is Planar Epitaph Day, so I don't know if that also follows the same Sunday pattern as All, your, All Souls Day, but as we're celebrating dead people and the fact that uh, they cannot go to heaven without being prayed for previously because their sins were not expunged, right? Uh, we're also planning our epitaph. So what would be on your epitaph or when you die? What do you plan? Do you have a whole manuscript written out, something like a, a treatise? I think it'll just be a drink beer, think beer logo. <laughs> a lo- Just a logo? Yeah, exactly. What I won't even say words? the name of the show. It'll just be the logo. It'll just exactly. be a drink beer, think beer emoji? Yeah, exactly. Well, we won't be speaking by the time we die anyway. It'll all be emojis, so... Uh, it'll, true. it'll be some kind of gathering of emojis that says drink beer, think beer. How long until emojis start talking for us? Like uh, verbally talking? Pretty quickly. I have a feeling that's right around the corner. My epitaph is just going to be a vomit emoji. Oh, okay. Although I don't plan to be buried. I, I feel like it's uh, it's a waste of ground to put me in it. So I, I plan just for every one of you when I die, there's a party, and all of you will sniff my ashes. <laughs> Do a nice base of cocaine in my ashes. We'll just put you in the mix in the, in the punch bowl. No, no. And drink you. It's, there's no drinking. It's all sniffing. No, well, that's not very... Uh, at least put you in a thing of beer, right? I w- no. I will, allow no. You to, I will allow you to smoke me or sniff me. Well, that's not or, cool. Or inject me. It's like you don't even support the show in your death. I don't. I, who cares? I'm dead. <laughs> I want to go out my way. Don't you want to be remembered? This is the only thing you've ever done that's going to be noteworthy. Thanks. <laughs> I have a bright outlook on my life for that. That's probably true. I'm not saying, not saying you're wrong on that. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I, I was just being factual. I'm sorry. Sometimes you need the tough love I, like that. Uh, well, I Or the tough facts. Sometimes you need to be confronted about your addictions and your addiction to life and just go ahead and end it. End it all. <laughs> you're known for a podcast and living in a chair. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what you're known for. I haven't accomplished much else in life, but I've, <laughs> I've grown my butt into a chair. <laughs> and done a podcast about beer. And I will force all of you to sniff me or shoot me up. Right. When I die. We won't, though. We'll just no, drink you. No, we will. We'll drink you in protest. I'll, I will have my robot emojis come and hold you down and, <laughs> and inject it straight in your butt. Exactly. Inject bits of me straight into your butt. 
That's interesting and strange. No, I'm, I know. It's worse than snorting. The emojis are taking over. Emoji robots. <laughs> Fair enough. Everybody would graft to do a chair. They will rip you out of the chair, bend you over, and inject bits of me <laughs> straight into your. I was gonna say if you're if you're grafted to the chair, then uh, they can't really do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna be buried with my chair. I'm gonna be buried. You won't have an option. Well, that's true. They can't detach me from it. <laughs> right. Exactly. My roots will have grown deep. <laughs> it's already part of you. <laughs> so National Railroads here, Model Railroad Day. I've yeah, never not regular railroads. No, no, just model. Who cares about the regular trains? Sure. They're just, you know, flipping over. Amtrak's are flipping over and exploding every day. But They just haul crucial goods across the country. But who cares about who that? Who cares? That's what we have trucks for. We're, we're talking about the model version of that. Right. And that's what I've never understood is the fascination with the model railroad. Because... It's not a model guy in general. I used to enjoy building the models, but, like, you can hang them from the ceiling, whatever. First of all, sure. a model but, railroad... But yours was like a weird science type model. Yeah, You, know, you like build chicks. <laughs> right. Out of bits of Barbies. <laughs> right, exactly. But I've never understood the model railroad because once it's there, uh, okay. You yeah. Just watch a train go in circles. Uh, yeah. I, guess, I guess the fun is in building the thing. It might even cross itself with a bridge. That's true. Don't forget that excitement. And one of the cars might be carrying some Christmas trees. <laughs> hey Or some pipes. <laughs> hey, look, it's Mayor Bill over by the post office, by my tiny fake post office. <laughs> I just never understood the fascination with the model railroad. Maybe somebody can explain this to me someday, but I've never understood it. Like, you build a whole town, and then once you're done, when you've run out of basement or garage space, what do you have left? No one will be able to tell you that. Because I don't think anyone over 60 does that, do they? I I don't know. Look, like um, that's an old man's game. Bobby from The Sopranos, he was under 60. Yeah, true. And before he was killed, or when he was killed, he was building a model railroad. He was like Spoiler 58, alert. though. Well, that's still under 60. <laughs> okay. Your, your qualification was 60 plus, you build model True, railroads. fair enough. Well, I, 59 and younger, you don't. It still fits in my other qualification that said an old man's game. I have 58 is the new 22. Is it? Yes, it is. Hmm. According to AARP magazine. Okay. Well, you are an avid subscriber. And according to uh, Budding Chair magazine. <laughs> You're not just a standard subscriber. Grafted You're butt an magazine. avid subscriber. Yeah, I get the specialty magazine, buffed, uh, Grafted Butt. <laughs> right. It's a really weird cover. Yeah, it is. It's actually sealed together with a little grafting uh, cutout. <laughs> you have to peel apart. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very inside. Yeah, unlike, unlike some glues, there's nothing to dissolve the uh, bond between <laughs> me and my butt and my chair. Right, exactly. That's a good point. It makes it really hard to get downstairs, too. <laughs> I'm sure it does. There's a lot of falling. Tuck. I can't tuck and roll very well in this thing. <laughs> I don't know how you poop in it, either. That's another odd, well, odd part of it. That's why I have my wife cut a hole in the bottom. Oh, okay, fair enough. Leading to a paint bucket. I was wondering what that noise was. <laughs> yeah, she was cutting this entire time. <laughs> Followed by the odor. Uh, so we should follow up on last week about the Northern Brewer acquisition. Uh, I there, thought this was last week. I, th- I thought this was next week. Oh, okay. But uh, already there's been a little bit of fallout. A company called Indeed Brewing, who recently Indeed. launched uh, their uh, beer kits on Northern Brewer for their... Near the Brewer? Their Near the Brewer. They uh, launched their Pro Series Day Tripper Midnight Rider... IPA uh, recipes or kits on Northern Brewer, and they have because of the acquisition of AB and Bev, they decided to pull out from Northern Brewer. Uh, yeah. A little bit of beeritis interruptus no, that on makes Northern Brewer because they said, "quote Time and time again, Anheuser Busch and Bev has demonstrated through their calculated acquisitions that their intention is to erode the very principles that the craft beer industry is built upon. We believe believe that if they succeed, access to market for small local independent breweries will be curtailed, and craft beer consumers will suffer as a result." While we completely support Northern Brewer and its employees, we can't throw our support behind its new ownership and that company's strategy of attempting to control the craft beer market. And again, that's Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer. <laughs> that on Mark says it really weird. But Northern yeah. Brewer. <laughs> right. you, know, that, you didn't know that was the official pronunciation. <laughs> it's not Northern Brewer. It's Northern Brewer. 
I did know that, but I, I don't think everyone knows that. So started, I out, started out as just yum yum yum, right? But then they decided, well, that's kind of hard, hard to spell yum yum yum. Yeah, so we have to define it a little bit. Then it became yum yum yum, which is still easier to spell because right. you know there's at least a n an in in there. And it, then it became they're like, well, still the you know it's hard to spell 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 and braille. So they decided to go with Northern Burr because those are real words, not just meow, meow, meow. <laughs> yeah, you go with a, a very elitist uh, tone to a very country tone. So it's it's spiled. Your it's, accents are all over the place. It's spiled Northern Burr. Right. But it's actually pronounced meow, meow, meow. Gotcha. Fair enough. And although AB and Bev don't trust them, they may actually change their name to Northern Burr instead of meow, meow, meow. Yeah, that's true. They probably will. But, they probably will, more than likely. But to us crap beer insiders, it will always be known as meow, meow, meow. Meow. Or but, if you're going for short, just meow. That being said, I'm not surprised it's happening. No, of course not. I feel like that's going to be a big a big push for a lot of the craft beer community. I think there's going to be some other new homebrew thing that's going to just take it over. Uh, one would hope. Two it's going to take over that, that slice that is actually independent. Uh, yeah, there's got to be somebody to rise up and, and take over and, and take from that crowd that uh, in the, the homebrew that... I mean, how many homebrewers really want to buy from Nordnumemir anymore? Probably none. Well, especially for homebrew competitions, and you talk about the really serious but, bros out there. And, unless and you're sisters. trying to make an America clone. Yeah. Then you could buy from them. Exactly. Why would you want to dip your money, especially the amount of money some of those guys spend on supplies to, to make their brewery? To make the most equipment. generic macro beer that you possibly why would, can get. Why would you want to hand over that much money to, to somebody like AB and Bev? That's true. That's or, or to make an AB and Bev clone. Yeah. Well, it's one. It's one thing if you're in a spot, right? Like if you if you're in an emergency, you need a thing, or you're at a game, and you got you got to go. All you have is AB and Bev beers, right, to, to choose from. But when you're willingly making your own product, right? Yeah. Why, why, would, you, why would you homebrew that? Yeah. Why would you go shop from Nimir to get supplies and feed into the coffers of AB and Bev? Yeah, I've also I've already seen those uh, Facebook targeted ads around that as well. That there's a big Texas homebrew company that's bringing all that Good. up and saying, yeah, you know, you don't want to buy from the big guys. We're over here. Yeah. So I think I think that's definitely going to be a movement. I shan't be buying from Northern Brewer again, unless that unless I cannot get some product anywhere else. Not that I'm a big home brewer, anyways. But well, you're always brewing constantly. Uh, I can't. It's hard to again. Hard to get downstairs, and I <laughs> my, my wife doesn't enjoy me firing up the bur the burner here in the office. So <laughs> right. I have to sometimes when I can roll down the stairs very slowly. Then I can set a fire outside and fire up uh, my kettle. It's a very fart and fall over moment seeing <laughs> yeah, you go down like, the stairs. Oh, good God. <laughs> right. So we're turning 75 with this episode, and we decided it's been it's been long enough. Uh, we've managed to evade the Prairie Assassins for this long. We decided we're going to take another look at the Prairie Bomb from Prairie Artisan. I guess it's just bomb been, from Prairie Artisan, but it's been a long, a long time uh, issue on this show. Yeah, we've been. We've on, had we, the mob chasing us for years at this point. It, we've been on the lamb for a long time now. We're kind of tired of running. We are tired. You know, we're running on empty, as the song says. Yeah, we, it just you can't run anymore. We decided know? we're gonna we're gonna bring out our big guns. We're turning and facing the enemy, and we're gonna fire back and evaluate what does the Prairie Bomb taste like these days. Exactly. We'll find out after this. If you live in Texas, you've probably heard of Real Ale, a brewery out of Blanco. But do you understand what actual Real Ale is? Real Ale also has several other names, Real Beer, Cask Conditioned Ale, or Cask Beers. The term Real Ale came about in 1970s England, when macro brews started taking off and threatening traditionally brewed beers. This sparked the campaign called Campaign for Real Ale, or CAMRA for short, and it had an aim of helping out and promoting traditional brewers. 
Though there are exceptions, traditional real ales are unfiltered and unpasteurized, and they're served from wooden casks or glass bottles, which act as secondary fermenters for the beer, where live yeast produces natural carbonation and provides additional flavors, unlike metal kegs where the yeast is filtered out. Casks are delivered by the brewery to pub owners, and it's up to the pub owner or cellarman to monitor the beer and determine when it's ready to serve. When the beer is ready, the beer will be pulled from the tap either using gravity, a hand pump, or an electric pump, rather than the forced pressure of a keg beer. The product in the glass is also different than what you would expect out of a kegged beer. There's a wild variety of styles, but in general expect to see less head, less carbonation, and it should be served at room or cellar temperature. However, be warned, once tapped, cask beer has an extremely short shelf life. A general rule of thumb is 48 hours in the summer and 72 hours in the winter. Over that time, you'll see the flavors change in the beer, but after that, oxidation will start spoiling the beer. Some brewers like BrewDog contend the real ale no longer has any real meaning in the industry, and that camera is out of touch. It's up to you to decide if real ale is pretentious or important, but when someone tells you they have a real ale and they serve it or store it incorrectly, you can now point and laugh at them and make jokes about their mothers. So back in episode 17, we took on the Prairie Bomb. We were wee kids back then. We were wee tots. You could, out, you could get out of your chair back then. We yeah. were mobile. It was it was a good time. I had not yet grafted to my seat. That's true. Your legs actually served a useful purpose. I actually went and ventured out into the public once in a while. Right. Yeah, you left, you left your house. I burdened the public with my presence. You left your house almost daily back then. Uh, almost daily, yeah. I, I drove in cars. Right. Things like that. <laughs> I ate in restaurants. I didn't just eat from a feed bag. Just like a constant dripping bag that yeah. kind of just feeds you a liquid of some sort that sustains you. Now the only thing, I, I, I have a saline, regular saline drip to my body, and I eat from a feed bag. Right. That's how far things have gone uphill, gone downhill. And, and your, legs, your, your legs are now complete gelatin. Oh, yeah, they're completely they withered now. Yeah, right. They're little stumps. <laughs> and that's just because I had them cut off and, and shaped into little stumps. Right. I had tiny little crow's feet put in my uh, <laughs> knee nubs. <laughs> Because you might as well do something. Yeah, I mean... It's something that's hanging there. They're just they're just hanging there anyways. They're just right. burdens. They get in the way when I'm trying to roll back and forth. So but that, some... shows, that shows how long ago it was. Though. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And I think you was... used to actively work out. I mean, you were always oh, yeah. up there at the at the gym, and yeah, you were starting to get ripped and everything, always and then it, it all turned. Pumping those guns all the time, but now it's just uh, it's fat blobby and, and crow legs. You know, I think it may have turned due to this episode because this is when the mob came that's, out yeah exactly when they came after me I got depressed now you had to watch yeah you had to look over your shoulder everywhere you went you know and someone was going to try to take you out <laughs> and you're just like now if I just don't leave then uh, no one can do that right and then it just grew into this and if they end my existence is it really that great a loss when you've got knee nubs <laughs> and, and with crow's feet attached is your current existence better maybe it is yeah exactly when you're when you're just living with a constant saline drip. So maybe you're thanking the mob yeah. for turning your life into this. And it's not even like I was like a one of the... I was, first of all, strangely, a willing amputee. Right. I have I have a weird amputee fetish. And then on top of that, I wasn't even... I'm not strong enough to be like one of those guys that's... A, you know, the guys that suffer from tragic limb loss and they go into like rollerball. Right. Or murderball or whatever it's called. Not rollerball, but murderball. And they're always like punching each other in the face with the wheelchairs and doing ninja kicks with wheelchairs and stuff. Right. I'm not that cool. I am I am like a total mess of an amputee. I'm just that is uh, true, and I don't want to seek uh you know I don't want to seek therapy for for my loss, my willing loss. <laughs> yeah, I mean with my withered chair legs. If you're happy, you're happy. You know. Yeah, exactly. I'm not cool. I'm not. I have no wherewithal to get up and and make my life better. I'm just a, a puddle of fat with a saline but, drip. 
But as I am still someone that ventures out on occasion, I I would like it to not always be like the last episode of The Sopranos. Every time I'm out eating, I think the guy is coming out of the bathroom. It's from Prairie yeah. and he's going to assassinate me just because I'm associated with the show. Right. Even though I wasn't near as harsh on this as you were uh, looking back. That's true. Back, back in episode 17, we had what we had was a, dic- a dichotomy of, yes. of the beers. You had a really really good bomb, and I had a really really bad bomb. My yours was more akin to what they self described as. Right. Mine was mostly pepper. And not in a good way. The one that I've had, or the one that I had then, was like most of the ones I'd had before. So I was happy with it. Um, trying Mark's, I can understand why his wasn't as good. Yeah, I gave it a 3 out of 5. And, and keep in mind, this is a really high-rated beer. Even today. Yes, e- even oh, absolutely. Near, you know, yay upon one year later. It's still highly rated. Oh, of course. And, and I would have expected that. But yeah, that's part of why we're revisiting this. We just want to give the backstory on that for those of you that haven't been here since episode yeah. 17. It's um, it's probably our most famous episode, especially on Reddit. We got a lot of hate on Reddit because of that, because of the opinion that I, uh, the truth that I spoke that's to the true. masses. Got a lot of hate on that. That is that is very true. Now, the uh, Prairie, we've talked about them before, but things have sort of changed in the last year as far as the ratings go. They have definitely expanded more. They've been sold since then. Um, in the last year, I forgot who they sold to, but they sold to a bigger company. And I don't know if I can't remember because I haven't. I don't know that I've heard if the Healy brothers, Chase and other Healy, uh, <laughs> if they went with uh, the buyer or if they went on to start in the brewery. I can't really remember, and I'm not going to take the time to look that up right now. Right. Yeah, we'll have that. Uh, we'll have that all discussed for you when we do the recap of who is Prairie uh, here coming up in the next break. Right. But um, yeah, just. I don't know if people are familiar with all of the beers that Prairie does because they do quite a few beers actually, and they really they they tend to focus on two styles. Um, well, I guess three styles. They have the sour, um, then they also have the uh, saison, which are they're not the same, but they're kind of in the lighter floral family, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have those two, and then they also have the stouts, and that's basically what they cover. Um, just to go through some of their uh, some of their current beers, um, their standard saison uh, gets a ninety six and ninety four in style. Um, they have the uh, Evil Twin Bible Belt, which I think I don't know. Have you had that one, Mark? I'm pretty I'm sure I've had it. Um, and that one gets a hundred uh, ninety eight in style. Uh, they have their Ale, their Prairie Ale saison, which gets a ninety seven uh, ninety six in style. The Burra uh, saison, which gets a ninety one and eighty five in style. Uh, the hop saison, <laughs> like I said, they do love the saisons, which mm-hmm. gets a 99 and 98 in style. Um, and then, again, most of their stouts are all sitting in the 100 range as well. So uh, nothing too lowly rated, no, nothing low rated uh, at all that I've that I've seen on their list and their top rated beers. And this is anything that has at least around 350 reviews. So uh, another very popular one of theirs is the Gold Mosaic, which is their Sour Wild Ale. That one gets a 99 and 97 uh, in style. Yeah, so they're pretty highly rated overall. I, I think it's probably... I mean, is it fair to say that... Let me tell you. Let me ask you this. So most of their beers come in just a regular 12-ounce bottle. Right. The price to uh, volume ratio, do you feel like it's a little high? I feel like it's very high. Because for a, for a price of a bomb, which is 12 ounces, is here in Dallas is 10 bucks. Yes. For, for a bottle. And they become a lot more common now. So it's not the price hasn't even gone down. It's, right. it's stayed the same. So even though there's a lot more volume for this beer now, it's totally easy to find now. Oh yeah, the price has stayed the same, and they've got. I think they're probably right in the crest of the hype, whether you believe in that hype or not. Sure, that's. I think that's a lot of times. I'm, I'm sure the beer. I, I'm so Stefan from our researcher Stefan, who has his own podcast now, uh, which you can find at What's on Tap podcast, by the way. 
it's a Euro beer centric podcast. You for knowing that. But um, he begged us. He sent candy boxes. He sent a stripper gram to beg us to re- review this beer because recently Prairie came out to Malmo, Sweden, where he lives, and he went to uh, Tap Takeover, and so he had a bunch of their variants because for some reason we can they can get a lot more beers here that we should already have here in the states, all over the states, but we don't. Um, but he begged us again, strippergram, and it was the weird thing is it was a strippergram of him. Right. It was yeah. It was like a little hologram, yeah. like from Star Wars, that pops up. Yeah. But it was him stripping. Yeah. And saying, uh, "Guys, can you uh, can you please review the bomb? Do you see my nips? Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep stripping until he, until you review it. He's been begging us for months. Uh, been nagging me. He constantly nags me on Facebook about it and Twitter. Even though he doesn't use Twitter, he only uses it to bug me about <laughs> reviewing this beer. Just to DM you. But I but I will say the price point has kept me from buying this beer. Sometimes I realize ten bucks in the grand scheme of things is that much. That's but, a lot for one beer. Yeah, but some of their beers, uh, even like the, I feel like the Brandy Noir, the Apple Brandy Noir was somewhere near 20 bucks. Uh, wow. Like a total one. I, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. It may be somewhere around 15, but I know it was more than 10 when I bought it. But, and yeah, and 15 to me is, uh, you're starting to push kind of high for a bomber, much less a 12 yeah, ounce. Yeah, I agree. So it's a little, like, I feel like they're riding a little too high on the cost, but obviously yeah. it's working for them. Sure. Uh, it's not like me withholding my $15 is really going to sink their company, but, <laughs> and, and ever a lot of people swear by them, but uh, I guess sure. we'll find out uh, how a fresh bomb evaluates right after this. <laughs> Prairie Artisan Ales was started in 2012 by the Healy Brothers, though Chase Healy was the prominent voice of the duo. They say about the founding of Prairie, quote, We didn't start it due to a lack of good beer, or whatever people like to say about their founding history. We wanted to do something that was awesome. We have the talent, and most importantly, the years of experience needed to get it done. So we did it. We have funded the company on our own, and only want to work with people that care about beer, super good beer. Our goal is to show people what is possible when you start with step one. Prairie brewed most of their beers with their partners at Chalk Beer Company in Krebs, Oklahoma. They're now owned by Krebs Brewing Company as of June 2016. Prairie Artisan has collaborated with the Swedish brewery Omnipalo and with Evil Twin Brewery out of Denmark via Brooklyn, New York. Their current taproom resides in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but they are expanding to Oklahoma City in the spring of 2017. They are currently distributed from 39 different states, Puerto Rico, Brazil, Australia, and Canada. They're available in the U.S., U.K., France, Italy, Denmark, Latvia, Belgium, the Netherlands, Iceland, Japan, and Malaysia. Their most popular beers are much-praised Prairie Bomb, an imperial stout. However, their top-rated beers tend to lean towards wild ales, sours, and saisons. So it's not a good sign for this beer. The fact that after I poured this beer, I gave my wife, I gave her the chance to take a sip of this beer. She never had it. She immediately scrunched her face and said, yuck. Hmm. Now, my wife is no, you know, she's not necessarily a beer connoisseur like we are. Right. She uh, doesn't have the refined palate we do. Well, she's... That's part of why she's not on the show. She likes beer, but she prefers wine, right? Right. But... She doesn't think beer all the time. But, you know... Like we do. I, but it's not a good sign when that's the immediate reaction to the scrunched face and the word yuck. Sure. Now, I do think it's funny that uh, we have to note the fact that Mark did go ahead and take a month off of drinking before drinking this beer, just like he did in episode 17. So he yeah, has a clean palate. It's it's strange how <laughs> those two things, like that was totally not planned either. No, we, he does it. He does it intentionally every time he's going to review yeah. Prairie. Every time we go for a Prairie Bomb, which is all <laughs> two times now, I I make sure and, and clean the runway right. with a month, uh, month break. Right, exactly. So he's not tainted by other beers. Um, and so we're going to have a fresh, a nice fresh opinion. Now, one thing we should note, first off, before we get to the beer itself, is that because of our podcast, uh, Prairie Artisan changed the label for the Prairie Bomb. One of our chief complaints last time was that the 
when you think of the word bomb, what do you think of? You think of an exploding thing. You think of the movie Speed with Dennis Hopper and Keanu right. Reeves and not going below 50 miles an hour or whatever the speed was, or your mouth might explode. And in that case, it was not a mouthful of good, uh, good flavor explosion. It was just, right. uh, at the time, from my view, uh, a, a poor taste explosion. But they changed the label to be more appropriate because at the time, their Prairie Bomb bottle was emblazoned with a, a bow and arrow target. Right, exactly. It, yellow, it, it made no sense. It may, yeah, it should have been called like Mockingjay or something, not not right. bomb. Uh, a bow and arrow has nothing to do with a bomb. So here's here's at you, Prairie Mob. Yeah, you we can, had a very good point because that's that's why they changed it. And because of us, it's been changed for the better. The new bottle is green and it's got all kinds of wires. It's got uh, things connected to a guy's brain. It's a lot more indicative of an actual bomb. And it looks like a bomb. Yeah, it's got it wires. looks like bomb material. Yes, it looks like you're drinking something that might explode in your face. Uh, I even like the fact that they add um, all the ingredients that are in it, and they have different uh, little dials that say how much of each is going into it that they're going to feed into the guy's brain. I think they've gone in very detail uh, on this bottle, and I think it's a vast improvement. It actually makes sense. Yeah. So I'm going to say that the label is already on fleek, Mark. It is on point. It is on fleek. It is uh, the cat's pajamas, the bee's knees. Absolutely. Way to go. I'm, I'm glad Prairie listened to us. I'm glad that they understand that. They saw are, the feedback in the Reddit right. forum. Um, they know that we were fighting the good fight because we ended up winning. And uh, so we appreciate that, Prairie. And that, they re- that was good. They realize that we are tastemakers. Right. And that's one one point that the Prairie mob, when they came after us, they said, we're going to give you a pass. One one day they gave us a pass because they, they, they knew we were right on the label. We got away that one time. Right. And they had us, they had us uh, dead to rights when we were trapped in a gas station bathroom. And they said, you know what? We're going to give you this one because you were right about the label. Oh, but yeah. We, better, were almost, we were almost goners that yeah, time. You better run. You better run fast because we're coming after you because of what you said about the taste, your overall impression of the beer. Right. So let's get to it. now. Especially you, high especially voice me, guy. Of course. Of course. Me, the high voice guy. Yeah. Of course. Now, the overall impression, this is an imperial stout, or double stout, however you want to call it. The overall impression from BJCP is that it should be an intensely flavored big dark ale with a wide range of flavor, ba- uh, flavor balances and regional interpretations. Generic. Uh, despite these intense flavors, the components need to meld together to create a complex, harmonious beer, not a hot mess. That is so unofficially sounding, or unofficial sounding. It is. Hot, hot mess. mess. The yeah. use of hot mess. And you can blame Chelsea Handler for that descriptor because I think she really brought that word into common or that phrase into common parlance. Right. And the fact that it's infected the BJCP, um, it really... Yeah, I always think the BJCP is like uh, a bunch of guys kind of like uh, if you ever watched that that uh, popular show from the 90s called Frasier and you have all the wine club guys hanging around. And kind and of feet. Big uh, leather chairs. Yes. And, you know, I'm thinking that's where, that's where they would be discussing these finer notes of beer, and I just don't see those guys issuing hot mess. See, I really, th- I really think of them of like uh, the like a Greek uh, or like the Parthenon. People dressed in togas meeting for the uh, the Republic. You know, the delegates come to the Parthenon, BJCP, the, the, to the beer Parthenon, dressed in their togas, and they're stabbing each other in the back constantly. Sure, well, and, of course, yeah. Uh, like Caesar, um, you know, if they, they take down the latest judge, the top judge, every year they pick somebody to take down, they stab them on the back. Absolutely. And they brew beer with his blood. Those traditions aside, that's what I tend to think of when I think of the BJCP, not not a bunch of Chelsea Handlers or, or fat guys in, in Chelsea Handler masks. But in fairness, in either one of our scenarios, hot mess doesn't fit. True. Now, uh, we have many dreams in our life, one of which is getting a fresh chip off the line, a hot chip off the uh, Frito-Lay line since they're right around the corner. Right. Right now. Here, but we'll probably never get to experience that. But this is a bomb fresh off the line, is at least as close as we're going to get it. Sure. Uh, it's fresh off the total wine shelf, um, straight into our mouths here. Now, 
The, let's go into the first category here, which is aroma, and it should be rich yep. and complex with variable amounts of roasted grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hops, and alcohol. The roasted malt character can be taken can take on coffee, dark chocolate, or slightly burnt tones, and can be light to moderately strong. Now, before we dive into this, I think it's worth noting uh, the, the ratings for this particular beer we didn't cover yet. Uh, beer Advocate gives it a 99. Uh, Rate Beer gives it a 100 and 99 in style. Uh, Untapped gives it a 4.35 out of uh, 147,000 unique reviews, which... That is a high rating, but I will note that uh, in episode 17, Untapped was giving it a 4.51. So maybe the maybe the hype's uh, falling off just a little bit. It might be. Maybe the, the bloom is off the rose. Perhaps. And last time, we should note, again, Dustin had the right beer, and mine seemed to be off. Like right. it had been infected, or it came from a different beer. Like uh, they, they threw like a thousand extra chilies yeah. in his. Maybe it was a regular a variant they decided not to note. Right. It's like the old... Uh, hologram baseball cards they throw one in a million packs you know you get the rare one <laughs> so you maybe, won, so you won but didn't really yeah maybe i was expecting to maybe i should have been expecting to win and I, even though everybody knows that i lost and lost greatly right but maybe i should have valued that beer a little more and it should have been up there with uh like a utopias or something and i just didn't know it right it was a king henry basically yeah exactly if i maybe <laughs> if i had that knowledge i would have valued it a little more not right. rated as low as it as it was which i was also reminded from episode 17 you always talk about the fact you had that exactly <laughs> it was definitely a tale of two beers bet right. back then now aroma definitely has a lot of um it's like a a peppery chocolate to it yeah peppery chocolate it's not super spicy aroma which is good uh which leads me to believe maybe we actually have a couple of good ones this time but yeah it's it's a little spicy but it's mostly chocolatey yeah, and, before uh, it's good. Before it was a spicy meatball on the nose, right? And now it's definitely got a lot more chocolatey notes to it, right? Uh, a lot more soothing tones on the nose. That's when I thought you had a weird nose when you were saying that. When we're both smelling the same beer. Well, the weird thing was I was wearing the fake mustache nose and glasses, the Groucho sure. Mark nose, so that probably affected my ratings last time. The fact that I was wearing that, I, you know, I was prepared to go into hiding, so I already had right. the mask on. And everybody knows that nothing fools uh, assailants. That's Such right. as a Groucho Marx uh, nose, glasses, and mustache. And you had you had the fake cigar and everything, too. Oh, yeah. And I did my, my best impression, which is terrible. Again, Groucho Marx for the millennial. Let me, a millennial ready? reference. Are you ready for my uh, impression of Groucho Marx? Yeah, go ahead. Three, two, one. What's up, guys? Groucho Marx. How's it going? I like cigars and mustaches. Oh, that's terrible. I'm out. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm the world's best uh, undercover training spy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Marxist spy. You're a Marxist. Yes, definitely a Marxist. Yeah, but, but that's for another podcast. But this is not as peppery as I remember. This is definitely a lot more well-rounded. Yeah, it's good. It, it's, it smells delightful. I'm going to put delightful on there. Ooh, that's quite the flower descriptor. Yeah. Delightful. You like that? Now, the appearance, according to the BJCP, should be color may range from very dark reddish-brown to jet black, definitely opaque, deep town to dark brown head, generally has a well-formed head, uh, although that may fade, obviously, over time. Uh, now, I will say the head on this one, I looked at the picture uh, on the Insta from, uh, which you can follow us on Instagram, Brew Bloods show on there. Um, but as the kids say, the Insta. The Insta. Uh, there was definitely no head on that beer last time. It was completely flat. This time, however, we have a nice little thin thin head, uh, creamy tan color, like and, a nice pair of khaki pants. And the, fun, the funny thing about it is it poured really with no head, and then the carbonation is like building up a head as yes. it's sitting. Uh, which is not very usual, actually. I don't see that. Usually the head is there and fades. And it doesn't, right. doesn't come back later. And it's retaining nicely in a snifter. We are drinking out of snifters, we should note. Absolutely. Uh, so it's ni- It's a nice change there. Um, it's like a, a nice head is like a nice pair of khaki cargo shorts. That's what this is. Sure. Tan in color, uh, fits well, and has lots of room for expansion. Yeah, and it's very uh, it's very carbonated. 
which is nice. Yes. Um, and it is very jet black from what I can tell. Yeah, it's definitely opaque. You can't see through this beer. Yeah, I would say jet black, not even reddish. No, not not red at all. It's definitely uh, the appearance of coffee for sure. A nice uh, cup of coffee. 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 Now, flavor uh, should be rich, deep, and complex, and frequently quite intense with variable amounts of roasted malt grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hot bitterness, and flavor, and with alcohol with a medium to aggressive high bitterness. And mouthfeel should be full-bodied and chewy with a velvety, luscious texture, although the body may decline with long conditioning. So we are not conditioning this for a long time. Again, uh, fresh hot beer off the line, so we should uh, <laughs> see full-bodied and chewy, allegedly. Now, you ready for this, Mark? I mean, we've been waiting a long time for this. We have been. You've what? gone through your jelly leg phase. We've gone through, you know, just everything. All your changes. All yeah. your life changes. Changes. Now, has your tongue changed? And did you get a better Did you get a better batch? Or has your tongue changed? I guess we're about to find out. I guess out. we're about to find out. Off the nose, I would have expected more pepper from this beer. Because you can definitely smell the pepper coming out of that. But when you drink it, I don't know about yours. Because, again, we had a discrepancy last time. This is pretty much a coffee beer to me, a chocolatey coffee beer, like a like a mocha type beer. It's a uh, very chocolatey. There's a little tiny hint of a uh, of spice on the back end of it, and that's how it's supposed to be. That's how I always remember this beer to be: is pretty chocolatey, pretty coffee, and then a little bit of spice, and that's good. That's a good balance. It's a it's a nudge of spice on the back on the back end. It's like a it's like a spicy chocolate, like a just a common confection, not your specialty chocolates, of course. But just a little bit of a pepper chocolate to it. Um, I would say pepper chocolate is probably especially chocolate. That's not a very common thing. Whatever. Just <laughs> just agree with me and move on. Have you not learned after the last <laughs> sixty plus episodes that you're just supposed to agree with me and move on with my analogies? <laughs> don't don't try to actually don't try to analyze them. them. Don't deconstruct. Don't write. <laughs> I know you you're itching to write a textbook just about each of my analogies. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a tell all about all the analogies I had to ignore on this show. It's gonna be murder she wrote, but for my analogies, right? That's that's the full title. Now, mouthfeel-wise, it's very full-bodied. It is somewhere on the slightly heavy side, not not totally heavy. Um, not so heavy that I need to have Michael Jackson write a song about it. Uh, he ain't heavy as my brother, by the way. Yeah, another, another reference for the kids. Again, references to the kids. Uh, <laughs> but it's definitely full-bodied. Um, I don't know that Chewy... Is the word I would go for, but it's close th- to that though. It's thick. It's not chewy, but it's close to that. It's not like molasses or something. It's not. Yeah. I, I. It's not like a. It's not sitting there, and I can't imagine that once I drink this fully, that it's going to sit there in my stomach. It's just. Not, it's not to me. It's not real heavy. It is thick, but it's not. I think velvety is a good description. Velvety. It's somewhere on this side of Guinness. In yeah. some ways, as far as that texture goes, it's very. It's somewhat like a Guinness texture, but with a, a more appealing taste for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely more appealing taste. Now, the up front, it's really, really chocolatey. A lot of coffee notes up front. That's definitely the, the bloom on this rose are the chocolatey coffee notes. It's the kiss from this rose? The, it's the kiss from the rose. Uh, and with just a little bit of spice, a little bit of hops on the back end, on the back of your tongue and the roof of your mouth. And I do think the vanilla, the vanilla bean is definitely helping to bring out the chocolatey taste, um, which I think is nice. I think a lot of these, um, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of coffee... Uh, porters and things like that and stouts aren't necessarily, I guess, going for chocolatey. But I do like it when they add cocoa nibs and you really get a nice milk chocolatey flavor. Um, or like a sweeter chocolatey flavor, not just necessarily the um, the shorty we did on Rogue. You know, their their chocolate stout was good, but it was like a dark chocolate. Um, I think that this sweet chocolate taste is a very good change for 
a lot of beers like this. It's definitely it's definitely a standout, and I will say this: it's definitely better than what we had, la- or at least I had last time. Sure. I'm guessing. Maybe should we, tr- should we <coughs> trade beers real quick and just see if they taste the same? <laughs> I'm sure they're Since the same. we did this, we did this experiment last time. We had the exact same description this right, time, just, though. It was last time we were so far off. We had to check. All right, fine. You don't want to swap spit with me? We're we just leaving that not, for off air. Not in the chair days. All right. I, I did back when you could walk. Oh, so you're actually asking me to work out and pump iron <laughs> and, and have a fit body? Right. Exactly. I wonder if they'll be able to reattach my molded legs. <laughs> I doubt it. Which I, one? I think I, that's. I think that's a. Ship that sailed. When I cut them off with that a, a rusty hacksaw, I just threw them in my dogs, and they gnawed on them for a while, and then they're like, eh, this isn't that great. Yeah, then, well, I don't blame them. They, they would prefer to just eat poop off the ground. but Me too, actually. But, the, you know, they've been gnawed in a few places. There's a lot of molds, a lot of gang, uh, you know, that's set in, uh, overgrown with moss, but maybe they'll be able to reattach <laughs> them. Otherwise, you just walk around on your crow feet. That's right. <laughs> yeah, All a, right. a lot of people have noted that, uh, just looking through some of the ratings on Rate Beer, a lot of people have noted the... Uh, the chocolate and vanilla mix and how that works really well with the subtle the subtle hint of spice. You know, I will say, though, the fact that they note the fact that it has spice and that it's so limited is a little surprising. I, I expected, and other ones I've had, <clears throat> these are these are the dominant flavors, but there's a little more spice kick to it uh, in the past. And maybe that, maybe that would come up more if it wasn't so fresh. Maybe, uh, you know, in a few months that would come out more. But um, for now, yeah, it's 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 interesting that it's it's not really there much at all. It reminds me a lot of um, like a, a red wine with an oaky afterbirth. It's uh, it's definitely more uh, smooth and and silky. Um, definitely to me has some red wine notes, almost some cognac notes to it. Sure. Um, definitely. I don't know why I can't point like pinpoint some Scotch exactly. and Splenda notes. Yeah, yeah, Scotch and Splenda. <laughs> it's it's definitely the more peaty. Say in some ways on the on the. Hey guys! If you analyze the deeper flavors, I put in my little taste taste meter here. Definitely get some almost peaty flavor, at least to me. Some hey guys! Some uh, am I talking to Petey? <laughs> exactly. What's up, Petey? Go away before he's I kill dead. You. He's already dead. But definitely the peatier notes of scotch, or some of the peatier scotches, mossy scotches. Um, definitely a deeper flavor than I definitely got last time. Right. And, but something about it reminds me of cognac, and I don't know why. But I'm just going to leave that out there. Okay. So, ratings. Ratings. So, we meet again, Prairie Bomb. I guess that's uh, what we could call this episode. We won't, but we could. And, you know, I've had a few Prairie Bombs since this episode, and obviously had a few before the last episode. And um, they tend to be fairly consistent uh, outside of the very unfortunate incident we had last time. So, that that really surprised me, uh, but it was what it was. That was then. That was walking mark. This is now. This is chair mark days. And days are good. In most ways, the days are good. Uh, there's a lot of unique things about this stout, in my opinion, compared to a lot of other stouts of this elk. Um, the, the really sweet chocolate taste of it is a good surprise. Uh, it's a little reminiscent of, uh, to get a little local on you, our liquid temptress. And the fact that they have a very good use of vanilla that tends to bring out the chocolate. You know, at this point, Lakewood might as well just buy us. That's true. We, we may as well be the Lakewood case. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the Temptress is a good example, I think, of uh, one in this category that does a very similar uh, a very similar thing. And that they have talked about the fact that they increase the vanilla to bring in the chocolate. I think a lot of porters fail on that front and don't add the vanilla in to make the chocolate, the chocolate taste more chocolatey. So I think they do, they do a good job of that with this. Um, I think it might need a little bit more spice um, just to add to its uniqueness. Uh, overall, again, it's it's a kind of a unique taste, but I think that would make it even more unique if it was a little spicier. So maybe so we you, could kick it up a little more. So not, you do want more spice? 
I would like a little more spice, but not not to the extreme we had last time. But a little more than this would be good. So you want a spicy meatball, but not a ghost pepper. <clears throat> yeah, just a little a little kick, a little kick at the end. I, I think that would really balance it out nicely for the nice sweet vanilla, or not the vanilla, but the nice sweet chocolate coffee taste. If there was just a little kick, a little kick to the tongue at the end. So to you, but sugar and spice, everything is nice. Absolutely, and I'm a, but I'm a spice fan. Uh, I like everything spicy. That's a bold statement. Yeah, you know, I'm an IPA guy and I'm a spice guy. So there you go. Um, again, this is not my category because, you know, I'm usually an IPA guy, so let's see what you think of my opinion here. Uh, I think it does a good job of being velvety without being heavy, um, and I do appreciate that. Uh, I think a lot of these, a lot of these Imperial Stouts can be really heavy. You could drink one and you're going to be, uh, feeling super bloated and super full, and you're going to wish that you were attached to a chair like Mark because you're just not going to want to walk around anymore. Uh, some of them are really chewy and thick, but yeah, fortunately this one's, this one's velvety. Um, so it's, it, it feels, it almost feels thick, but it's also light, uh, which I know sounds like a strange, uh, point and counterpoint, but, uh, it, it is, it is a nice, a nice full beer without being too filling. I'll put it that way. Um, very drinkable beer. I would say dangerously drinkable at 13% ABV. Uh, I think you could drink a few of these cause really alcohol is not noticeable. Uh, 13% is not a low ABV for beer. And I don't notice the alcohol notes in it at all. Uh, they're totally covered up uh, by basically drinking uh, not quite, but almost a dessert-style beer, uh, in my opinion. So, all of that said, I really like it. Uh, I, I don't know, I don't know how well it fits in stout style, but I don't think that's a bad thing for this beer. Uh, a lot of ways it fits the categories, but I think it's almost a little a little sweeter than you would expect in this style. Um, but if you like that, and I do like it in this case, normally I'm not a sweet beer fan or a sweeter beer fan, but, uh, this one does, does it very well. And maybe the, uh, hint of peppers helps balance it out to make me like it more. So, uh, I'm going to say I liked this one even better than the last time we reviewed this, which I gave it a higher rating than you did, but I'm going to go even higher and I'm going to say this is a 4.5 out of five. Uh, that's all right. That's pretty stout territory. Um, I'm going to go uh, nice use of stout. Uh, uh, I'm going to call this beer, I'm going to give it the name of House of Pain. Um, it's definitely uh, word your mom came to drop bombs and they dropped a bomb in my mouth. And in a good way. I think this beer is actually what we sh- should have had last time, but I didn't get. You got it, I didn't get it. I think it may be called Comeback Kid, the way Maybe your, rate, your rating kid? is going. Maybe so. Uh, really wasn't House of Pain, weren't they the Comeback Kids? Uh, Isn't that, no, I don't they think were they've a ever come back. They got their start in East Texas. They worked their way through the, mid- the music industry to become the... the Tyrants of music that they are today, the, the titans of music. I think, again, for the kids, With, House of Pain was a band. <laughs> they had one song. <laughs> right. um, this beer to me is a lot like Johnny Depp uh, now versus then. It's like, except it's in reverse almost. It's um, like back in the day, Johnny Depp used to make really, really good movies. Right. Now all he makes is garbage film where he was covered in scarves. Right. Last time I got scarved Johnny, and now we've got 80s Johnny. <laughs> It's he was a lot more. This is the Benjamin Button version of Johnny yeah, Depp. Exactly, it's it's Benjamin <laughs> Button uh, Prairie Bomb. Right. Uh, it, you know what we got last time was Scarvy Johnny. Now we've got eighties Johnny. He was a lot better actor in the eighties. Uh, a lot more independent. Uh, nobody likes Scarvy Johnny. Scarvy Johnny needs to go away. <laughs> the the previous Prairie Bomb we had was more like uh, Willy Wonka sequel Johnny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like no one wants that one. Exactly. And ever in punchy Johnny, no one wants that. Yeah, yes, uh, beating up women, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, no one wants that. No one. one wants that. That's what we got last time. It was <laughs> right. too spicy. There was right. not enough sweet. Like in the eighties, we had sweet Johnny. Right. 
We had sweet, sweet complex we had, Johnny. We had Gilbert Grape Johnny. Yeah, we had, yeah, exactly. Edward we, Scissorhands Johnny. Edward Scissorhands. We had the sweet hey, Johnny. Yeah. He's got. He was sweet with a hint of edge, and that's what we got here today. Is sweet. The with Benny some and edge. June Johnny. Benny and June Johnny. Not Scar. <laughs> not not pre Stephen Tyler Johnny. I mean, he's growing into. Eventually, I think we will see uh, Steven Tyler and Johnny Depp merge into one being. Probably. Just, and there will be a pile of scarves. Like, <laughs> walking scarves. Yes. Uh, that, that's what Johnny Depp has become today. But, uh, and that's what we got last time, was was a uh, pile of rags, Johnny Depp, Steven Tyler. Today, we've got 80s Benny and June Johnny here. Complex Johnny. <laughs> the softer side of Johnny. And it's a lot better for it. Uh, he's kind of like Bruno Mars that I expected to hate the guy, but I actually like what I actually liked. Uh, I actually like Bruno Mars and what he's doing these days. I know we just watched SNL with Bruno Mars, and I was like, these songs actually aren't that bad. He's actually a catchy, uh, catchy guy. I <laughs> uh, didn't expect to like. Seems it. like a decent guy. Seems like a decent guy. Seems yeah. like he works hard and he respects the material upon which he was built. Yes. Now this beer, um, I think it might be. I uh, look. I'll agree. It's a very complex beer. It's got a lot going for it. Um, I appreciate the fact that it evolves when you breathe out. It's more spicy than when you breathe in. Um, it's definitely lends itself to being more of a uh, dessert beer. But that was Bush, though. By the way, it's not. That's you're quoting Bush now. I moved on from Johnny Depp to Bush. Uh, <laughs> irrelevant, relevant topics for the kids again for the millennials. Um, I think it might be a little overpriced at nine ninety nine a bottle, at least here in Texas, and uh, I don't know where it goes for elsewhere. But I think it might be a shade. Uh, overpriced, given how common it is now. I think it, you should drive up to Tulsa and see what it runs up there. True. In, in the home base. I, I think they could... Uh, if if they knocked a couple of bucks off it, I think that would actually make it go up in uh, points-wise just for value. But it's a really, really good beer, even, well, at, even at $9.99. You know, if they knocked a couple of bucks off of it, I would probably buy it a lot more often. True. Exactly. But this beer will pair it well with barbecue, spicier foods, and then it could also serve as a dessert beer, which is nice. It's a multi-faceted beer. Uh, we haven't done a lot of dessert beers either. It, it, this we have it, and this beer could be uh, somewhat of a utility player in your dinner. Um, but it, and it's not to me. It's like a five hundred piece puzzle. It's not quite a thousand piece. It's not something you can't defeat. It's it's a five hundred piece puzzle of a, of a of a nice town, something like that. It's got a lot of dark corners. Got a lot of bright sunshine to it, but it's not like a kid's puzzle that has like four pieces. It's like a church. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not a thousand-piece puzzle of a sky. Right. It's it's somewhere in between. It's a really, uh, it's a nicely composed beer. I think this is what we should have had last time, but it didn't get. Uh, it's really only getting a knock for the, I think the main thing is the price. Uh, I think it's a, a little too high in price. I really like the beer. It's not my favorite style I've ever had, but I'm also going to come in at 4.5. Out of five. Wow. Giving us a final score of... (laughs) 4.5 out of five. Man, that was some quick math you did there. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to Brewbloods. Yet another episode, episode 75 uh, show at gmail.com. If you're not subscribed to the show, you should be. doesn't cost you a penny. only ensures that you get the show from week to week. Um, you can use any podcast app up there to find us and subscribe to us. But if you're not sure how to do that, just go to brewballs.net. There's instructions there. Teach you how to do that. I still uh, don't really know how to subscribe. Well, so I'll teach you after I'm going to have show. to go look at the video. Uh, if you want to listen to another beer podcast that's not us for some reason, check out Stefan's show. It's called What's on Tap. It's the What's on Tap podcast dot com. If you want yeah, to find you, come, come check the show out. It's all about, uh, or mo- not all about, but uh, features the European beer scene. It's uh, Master Drinker and Stefan, and a Master Brewer and Matthias, 
and they come together to produce uh, uh, less than 30-minute reviews of uh, whatever they're talking about that week. They go to various and pubs. They go to the pubs themselves and review the, the, the beers in those pubs. And you'll finally understand why we do super low-talking Stefan voice. Exactly. It'll, it'll actually be relevant to although you. Although he does sound like he's a little uh, sped up on that. Like, he sped up the tape on those. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe he did, he did decide. We'll go, do it at half speed. Then you'll get, yeah. you get real, Stefan. <laughs> uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. It helps us get new listeners. Check us out on the social networks, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have any feedback, you can email us at brewbloodsshow at gmail.com. Or go to reddit, reddit.com slash r slash brewbloods. I forgot to mention earlier, my apologies. Thanks to uh, Javi and Johnny for sending us the story about Northern Brewer and the uh, brewery that was pulling their series kits from them. Uh, you can also call us at 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. So for Is that Dustin, it? Is that all our contact information? You should also follow Mark on Twitter because he does a very funny thing that his Twitter account is also linked to a club somewhere in South Texas, and they tweet events at him, and then he uh, fake cancels them on Twitter. So yes. it's it's a good ongoing bit that he does. I appreciate that. It's the only thing I have going in my life. <laughs> it's it's only that and then living in a chair. Those I'm are only known for that and yes, being grafted to a chair. So. <laughs> right. We'll catch you guys next week for episode 76. For Dustin, I am Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probst. Probst. <laughs>